This is episode number 35 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Everybody, welcome to episode number 35 of High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is a podcast that helps people acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and facilitate dynamic growth in your business. Last week, I gave you a few tips on how to deliver better and, and more efficient meetings, and this week, we're going to focus on a specific type of meeting, one that kind of gives people more trouble than others, and it's the problem-solving session, right? So, if you've ever had gotten to, uh, um, if you've ever gotten a, a group of people in a room to solve a specific challenge and then somehow time just got away from you or if you've ever had one of those sessions kind of devolve into a a personality contest then the tips this week can really help Uh, by the way you can also use this specific skill to help you identify solutions to tough challenges that you face at, at home or as work so it's really really useful stuff i hope you get to get some good value out of it the episode is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. And, um, and just, you know, last week we opened up a new series of the High Impact Leaders courses. Uh, if, if you're new to the podcast, a few weeks ago, we released the, the newest version of the High Impact Leaders Leadership Development Program. And in, in the newest version, we added virtual training sessions to the online courses. But this is, just, it's, it's phenomenal. Some of the cool things that have occurred, uh, you know, COVID and all of the things related to the shutdowns and all that kind of stuff has just been horrible, but there have been some fantastic things related to training and skill development using virtual sessions. And, um, and I think our company, the Leaders Institute is kind of at the forefront of it. We, we've actually honed it, honed virtual training down in, in a way to where it's fun, it's interesting, you get great value out of it. And it, fixes a ton of logistical challenges with practical application of things such as as leadership. And and we've kind of put that into this new program. So um, for the first time, you can get access to, you know, a world-class leadership development program in in just a much easier way, in in a less expensive way. And so uh, our, our clients, when we opened this up, by the way, a couple of weeks ago in December, it, it was like it sold out within a couple of weeks. And um, so uh, I, I think we're on to something pretty, pretty fantastic here. So basically, uh, the, the way that this works is our leadership development instructors, the folks that teach our high impact leaders classes, they lead live one hour sessions every single week. And uh, each the topics that are in these one hour sessions are really designed to help participants increase their 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 confidence, self confidence, um, the, their ability to communicate more effectively, to become a, a more poised and respected leader in their company or in their industry. And in addition to that, the participants who are our members, they also have access to our, our entire library of online leadership mini courses, and those are used to really fine tune specific skills. So if there's a specific topic outside of the 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 live session that that somebody wants to cover, they can go in and. And do that uh, on their own time with um, using the the online courses, and then to reinforce reinforce the the practical application of each of these skills, we also are are having we're, we're organizing quarterly in person seminars 
in big cities all over the U.S. So basically, you get the three-pronged system. So it's not just going through a virtual class and hoping that that works and not just going through an online course and hoping that works, but you also get access to a, a real-life person, a coach that's helping you kind of go through this process. And you get to meet with that coach in person in, uh, in, in the uh, in-person seminars as well. So the cool thing about this whole process and, and one of the things that we've been real excited about is that it's membership based. So you can buy a four week membership, you can buy an eight week membership, you can do a 12 week membership in, in based on your budget. So you can, you can test it, try it out, see if it works. If it doesn't work. Okay, great. We'll part ways, you know, happy campers. Right. But I think a, a lot of what we found so far is that the folks who um, started out with the four-week membership in December have already renewed. So it's like, it's one of those things that we're, we want to add a ton of value here. And uh, hopefully you'll kind of see that as well. So we open up that first round again in December and it sold out in just a couple of weeks. The next round is now open. We opened it up last week. So there's still quite a few seats left in that. Uh, but it, so if you like details, just go to leadersinstitute.com. That's our main website, leadersinstitute.com forward slash leadership dash course. So leadersinstitute.com slash leadership dash course. And that'll give you all kind of details about that. So, all right, let's get on with today's topic. So the title of this session is the five-step group problem solving process. And it's kind of wordy, but it's, this is a process that I learned a, a few decades, a couple of decades ago, anyway, not that old where I learned stuff a few, well, I did learn stuff a few decades ago, but, but not related to this yet. But, um, but the, the five-step problem solving process is it's one of those things that if you're looking for a way to get a group to solve a challenging problem or to solve a series of challenging problems without actually coming to blows and make it really team oriented and, and effective for the group, then in, in this session is going to be really helpful to, because I'm going to cover a few really effective group problem solving techniques. And, and in fact, the, the process that I'm going to talk about, it, it's known as the five-step group problem solving process, and it, it is incredibly effective. I have just, I've used this personally to exhibit fantastic growth in my own company. We you know, have a nagging problem, something's not working and uh, and use this not only personally, just me alone, but also when I get it with groups of people, it works even better. So one of the more challenging leadership skills is getting a group of people to work together on a common problem or to solve a common problem. However, the, the positive though, is that a group of individuals can be way more creative and can be way more productive than any single person alone, one person alone. The key is to keep the team focused throughout the process, though, because you can also end up chasing a lot of rabbits and causing problems, right? So you, you want to make sure that the process doesn't devolve into a popularity contest. You know, for instance, let's say that, you know, one of your your team leaders, you know, it two, you got two different, different teams that are working on a problem solving together, right? And, and one of the team leaders, the manager, supervisor, whatever, comes up with this fantastic solution. And, and this, but the team, that team leader, though, has a rival, the opposite team leader, the leader, leader of the other team is the rival. And as a result, the rival team leader now offers a different solution. Uh, and the process, if that, at that point, can quickly change from, determining a solution based on merit to one based on persuasion. Each team leader is going to try to, to win the group to his or her side. And, 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 and an effective group problem-solving process, though, should be 
objective. It shouldn't be based on personalities. It shouldn't be based on anything else other than what's going to be the best solution here. And, and that's why we really like this specific process. Um, so the, 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 mo- the thing that you want to keep in mind is that effective group problem solving techniques, they, they, they utilize the strengths of the whole group. And if you understand that concept, it helps you come up with more creative solutions and and really a lot of times more breakthrough solutions. Things are totally different from what we've done in the past. Um, So to to give you some background about this, the, the thing that I like to tell people is that perception is reality. The way that we perceive things is our reality because our experiences, our successes, our failures, our beliefs, they all create filters uh, for our perception. And, and if we perceive that facts are true based on our experience, then we tend to hold on to these perceptions even when faced with refutable proof to the contrary, that, that what we're that what we're looking at is is not true. We'll still believe it. Um, you can look at politics, you can look at all kinds of things, stereotypes. People kind of create these things based on our experiences. So I'll give you an example. Like for, for instance, let's say a child who has absolutely no experience with dogs tries to pet a neighborhood dog at the park. And when the kid reaches out, the dog growls, barks, and eventually bites the kid. So the, the child's only experience with dogs now is that dogs are mean. <laughs> dogs are temperamental. And that could create a perception even though that was just a single incident that could create a perception for that person that all dogs are mean and all dogs are temperamental and uh, temperamental and all dogs are, are going to bite you. So that single experience creates a filter or, or what scientists call a paradigm in the mind, mind of that child. The, this, the, the paradigm that that person has, that kid has when he or she grows up clouds the person's perception of reality. And, and, to that person, you can try to prove that most dogs are nice and loyal, but the argument may fall on deaf ears based on the experience that this person has had, right? And we, by the way, we all have these perceptions. Some of them work for us in a positive way and some are work, work against us in a negative way. You know, for instance, when you when you bite into like a piping hot pizza and, 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 and you singe the roof of your mouth, you learn something, right? You you will most likely blow on the next bite to cool it down before you before you do it again, right? So we're learning from that experience, and we and when when we learn from the experience, we tend to do things a little differently. Um, so when the the point is is that the the sum of our experiences make up they 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 make us who we are, right? They 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 create the person that we become. And and my experience is totally different from your experience. And as a result, my paradigms, my filters are totally different from, from you as well. So since we all have different filters, then groups of people are more likely to identify unique solutions when faced with a, a specific problem. So a single person that's trying to solve a problem it is it's going to be more difficult for that single person to do it than an entire group working on the same problem because that person only has one set of filters. Each person has different experiences. So for instance, you know, 20 years ago, if someone requested information from our, from my websites, you know, that they basically just fill out a form. <laughs> the form was sent, uh, it sends out, it sent out an email directly to our sales team and the administrative team as well. And then over the years, you know, we've created great apps like, you know, the, like Slack and, and, and we, we got a great CRM. However, since we started out using email decades ago, 
it's still there as well. So this is my own company, right? We still get an email, we get a Slack, we also get a, a notification at our CRM, right? All of that stuff happens. And so um, uh, when because of that, you know, we say, okay, man, we've been doing this the same way for way too long. So I hired a, a vice president of sales last year. And one of the first things he said when he came on board, he said, holy cow, man, why am I getting like a thousand emails every day? And it was an obvious program, a problem, right? It was obvious that, that we had, we had just gotten used to it. We got, we, we saw it every day. And so we just, we'd overlooked that for, for years, but since he was new, he had an entirely different paradigm. He had an entirely different filter system. And the solution was pretty simple. Stop sending all the stupid repetitive emails, right? There's no, there's no use to these things, right? And uh, by the way, easy fix. It was an easy fix. Um, so that filter, that paradigm that, that you look through depends on your perspective. You know, for instance, let's say that you're standing in the middle of a field and next to you is a curved wall. It goes all the way up to the, to the sky, right? So if you're looking at that wall, you can ask yourself, is that wall convex or concave? And the answer is it depends on what side of the wall that you're on. Because both answers are correct. If you're, on, if you, if you're standing on the concave side, it would be hard to convince you that, that the wall is convex, you know, because you're looking at it. You can see very clearly that that's a concave wall. However, if, if people from each side of the wall, describe it to you, you'll have a more clear picture of reality. So if one person on one side describes it, and then one person on the other side kind of describes that, then now the person who's receiving both of those pieces of information will have a much clearer image of what the actual wall looks like. And, and this is the real value of doing group problem solving. The group is more likely to identify a real and in a lot of cases, unique solution because of the different types of filters that they have. So, so let's talk about this thing that I've, that I've talked about a couple of times now, the, the five-step group problem-solving process. Because once you have the diverse team established, this, this process, this five-step process works really, really well. And by the way, it works really well, even if you're just by yourself, but you, you'll come up with even more creative solutions if, a lot of times if you get more people involved. So the key to success, though, is to make sure that you go through each step in the process. If you skip any of these steps, then the process quickly falls apart. So you have to go through every single one of these steps. Don't skip any because they're all critical to the, the success of the skill. So step one is you want to identify the specific problem and then create a one sentence description of what the actual problem is. Now, this sounds really easy, but it's actually one of the more difficult and, and, and really most critical steps in, in the process. Because if your problem statement is too vague, then you will likely struggle with trying to come up with valid solutions. And, and if the problem statement is too, in, um, too um, specific, then the, the um, it may not be practical, right? So if, if you if you if you do like an all-encompassing problem statement, then the solution it's going to be too complex to implement anyway. So so basically, getting that nice balance in your problem statement will make it a little bit easier. You know, for example, if we decide that the problem that we want to overcome is um, let's just pick something big like poor customer service, right? <laughs> so the, the, if you did that, the group is likely to spend countless hours trying to first define what the heck customer service is. By the way, I picked that one because that was the first one that I did when I was a coach. 
it was, oh my God, it was so horrible. I mean, the, the, the folks that were trying to solve that customer service challenge, they spent hours and I was, and it, it was like herding cats. It was so, and then finally I had to say, Hey, let's back up. Let's talk about a more specific problem, right? Let's talk about something, you know, at the time, um, I think they said, uh, the, the problem that they came up with was hold time because they had a lot of people calling in and people were staying on hold too long, you know, so let's focus on how to reduce hold time. That's a lot easier than customer service, right? So step one, you want to create a clear one-sentence statement of what the problem is and get the whole group to really agree that that particular thing is the specific problem that we're trying to fix. So step two is you want to figure out what are the possible causes of this problem that, that we've create that we've identified now. So a common error at this point in the process is you jump right into looking for the solutions. We know what the problem is now. So let's try to come up with all the different solutions that we can, we can identify. Um, and if you, if you do that before trying to figure out what the, the root cause of the problem is, um, it, it can cause, cause you to go down the wrong track. So this usually results, by the way, in like a Band-Aid approach or a solution that's just treating symptoms. So that type of solution would be like, let's say the check engine light comes on your car dashboard. Well, you can make that light go off. You can you can climb underneath the dashboard and step the line, the 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 um, the copper wire line that goes to that light, and yeah, that light will probably that that light will probably go off. But you didn't and you didn't actually fix the root cause though. You didn't you didn't solve anything because whatever caused that light to come on is still there. Uh, but you just won't see the light anymore. And so that's what a lot of people do. A lot of people will look for a solution before term determining what the actual causes are. So what you want to do is take some time to identify what, what are the root causes? What are the things that are, are causing this particular problem to occur? And then your team will be able to come up with solutions to those root causes more quickly. Uh, by the way, this is the step that most people skip. So when, and if we come up with a good problem statement, you know, we, we, a lot of times we just jump right into the solution, but if you don't try to figure out what caused that problem in the first place, it, it's going to be more difficult now to determine what the best solution is. So basically when you, let's say you get a list of 10 different possible solutions, how do you determine which ones are going to be the best solution? That, that becomes harder, but if you've got a list of pot potential root causes and you go and look and see which of the solutions or what causes get knocked out by the specific solutions, a lot of times you can, you can come to a better consensus on what the best solution is once you get there. So step number three is now that we've found what the, we've identified a really clear statement of what the problem is. And now we've found, a, you know, maybe five or six or 10 or 15 or 20 different possible causes of this thing. What now are the possible solutions to this problem? And if you've got a nice list of possible causes, by the way, all you really have to do as the leader of the group is to state one possible cause and then say, you know, kind of turn to your team and say, okay, so how can we fix that cause? <laughs> right. And the, the, I mean, these kind of mini solutions, they come quickly then, you know, if you, if they're, if one of the, let me give you an example. So let's say for instance, that um, uh, uh, reports are, are the reports for a company that are really critical to our success. They keep getting turned in late. So, and, and we say, okay, how can we, what are some solutions? And we jump right into the solutions we, uh, we, um, we can come up with 15 or 20 different things, but if we kind of identify first, what's the cause? Why, why are, why is everybody kind of turning these things in? And maybe the cause is that 
the information has to go from one department to the next, to the next, to the next. And if any point along the way that uh, any one of those departments don't uh, communicate with the next department quickly, it can stall the process. And we say, oh, okay, great. Well, a possible solution to that is to internalize the, the, those uh, mechanisms, you know, make it to where it, it all goes on an intranet or, or a, um, uh, you know, something internal on the internet or something like that. Now, all of a sudden, as soon as that gets posted, everybody in the company, you know, you Slack or something like that, 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 that's a possible solution. And now all of a sudden, because we found the cause, now the solution is much easier to, to come up with. So you can actually go down your list of possible causes and come up with a bunch of these mini solutions. In fact, once the root causes are kind of uncovered, solutions will start popping like popcorn. They come really, really quickly. So as soon as one team member states a possible solution, another team member will do what we call hitchhiking. They'll, they'll add another, they'll add something to it and, and add more to that idea. And initially you may have a bunch of similar solutions and, and if you see this happening, you just you just move on to another possible cause and try to identify a solution to the next root cause. So the most important part of this process, though, is to try not to prejudge any solution. The quantity of ideas is way more important than the quality of the idea at this point. So try to get as many ideas on the table as possible, the more the merrier. So step number four is now that we have a bunch of possible solutions, what's the best possible solution? How do we come up with the best solution based on the situation that we're in right now? So in this step, you'll want to kind of weigh the pros and cons of each of those solutions that, that have been presented. You want to determine what's the, the best plan of action based on what we know today. You may find that halfway through the implement, implementation process, which is kind of next, that one of the other solutions might actually work better. So you might come up with the best possible solution, but then we try to figure out how to implement this Go, man, this is going to be really difficult. Let's focus on one that's a little bit easier, right? So it's okay to regroup and begin to implement another solution if the first best possible solution turns out to be a poor choice after all. So don't be afraid to take risks though, you know, be willing to climb out um, to, to create a breakthrough because you're, 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 the folks who are in that problem solving meeting with you will appreciate it if you're more willing to kind of take a risk. Now, here are a couple of easy ways to judge what solution works best. The easiest way is to look back at your list of root causes and then determine what solution fixes most of them, right? So you kind of go through each solution in, uh, and, and say, okay, so we had 10 different possible causes. Solution number one, how many of those does it knock out? And it's only two. Okay, great. The next one knocks out four. And the next one knocks out six. And the next one knocks out eight. Wow, okay, great. The one that knocks out eight, that might be the one we kind of start with, right? Uh, so in, in some cases, the best solution is going to be really obvious. You know, in other cases, you're going to want to look to see, um, you might have to look to see the path of least, least resistance. That's another technique that you can use. So um, like, for instance, some possible solutions may be no cost and they're easy. We just do something. We make a simple change and we see if that fixes it. We try that first before we start doing something that's more complex or technical. So um, if, if, if because if, it, if that easy solution works and you've just saved a lot of time and you've saved a lot of money um, and, and if, if it doesn't work, you just kind of go back to your list of possible solutions and then try another one. So those are those are a couple of different techniques that I've used, and both of them work. Depending on the situation, both of them will, will work pretty well. So step number five is really one of the more vital, most important things is now you have to create an implementation plan. We got to make sure that we came up with this great solution. 
We have to actually make sure this solution gets implemented. Somebody does something with this thing. So most problem solving meetings, by the way, they end with the, when the solution is determined. Maybe we come up with this great solution and whoo, okay, let's all go have a beer, right? So don't fall into this trap though, because once the solution is, de is decided upon, you have to create a detailed plan of action that holds specific people in the room accountable for implementation. So by doing this, you ensure that the solution that you work so hard for actually pays off for you and, and, and for your company, right? So you have to make sure that once you come up with this fantastic solution, you 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 have to implement the solution. Otherwise, you just wasted the entire process. So if if you want to tackle a huge problem, basically the key is to follow that five step process. First, you got to identify the specific problem that that can be solved. Next, identify a few of the possible root causes. Then find a few possible solutions, identify the best possible solution, and then create a plan of action to implement it. You do those five things, you can tackle some really, really tough challenges and come up with some really good solutions. So anyway, so thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders this week, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.